All right. Today, we're going to... Has anybody heard of a VIP? You know what a VIP is? Somebody got it. Very important people. Very important person. All right. Today, we're going to talk about VUPs. You know what a VUP is? That's a very unimportant person. We're going to talk about very unimportant persons today. And we're going to talk about looking down your nose at somebody. Are we going to have fun or what? We're going to talk about looking down your nose at people. Very unimportant persons. All right, we're going to look in the book of James. I've got to tell you something about the book of James. It's different than other books. Different books say different things. The book of James is the, how can I say this? If you're going to follow Jesus and decide to follow Jesus, the book of James is where you find out how to work it out in day-to-day life. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. The book of James, like if you're going to be a Christian, the book of James is where you find out how to act at work on Monday. If, you're going to, if you say you're going to follow Jesus, the book of James is where you find out how to talk about people. The book of James is where you find out how to live it around your dinner table. It's the, here is the practical daily application if you've decided you want to follow Jesus. I love the book of James. It's just different than other books. But the book of James tells us about day-to-day life down here in the nitty-gritty and the dirty and the tough. And it's how you work this stuff out. And this is an area that's real big. And he's going to talk about looking down our nose at folks and how we rank. Y'all rank people. Get, get that hand in there, dear ones. Every single one of us struggle with this. You know what I mean by ranking people? Well, God, they're, they're up there. Ooh, they're down there. Well, we'll do it. Let's see what the Bible says about ranking people. Matter of fact, my, my culture is eat up with it right now. Verse 1 of James 2. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with what? Partiality. Got it? You know what he said there? If you're going to follow Jesus, you can't, have, you can't be partial to people. There can't be big shots in your life and little shots. You can't look down your nose at people and look up your nose at people. He said, brethren, don't be a Christian and differentiate between people. Don't rank people. Can't be, follow Jesus and rank people. All right, watch what he says here. And then he gives an example. If there should come into your church a man with gold rings in fine apparel, a nice suit, also should come in a poor man in filthy clothes. Let's stop right there. Let's walk us, get the picture with me. We're here for church. We're all dolled up real pretty. Well, we don't dress way up in this church. And uh, a man comes into your church and I mean, he's got on one of them Hart Schaffner and Mark Silk suits and one of them power ties, you know, even got the little handkerchief in his pocket and all that. Got gold rings on it. I mean, he just, he just uppity. All right, another guy comes in and didn't say he had bad clothes. It said he had dirty clothes. And you see the dirt on his clothes. You can tell he's been sleeping in them for several days. He said, you watch them two people walk through the door of your church. What do you see? What do you see between them two people? All right, watch what he says. And this, listen, this could be your school, your business. This could be your family reunion. And you, verse three, you pay attention or you literally say special attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, ooh, ooh, come up here and sit at the front. You say to the poor man, go sit in the back. Uh, do you understand that? You're impressed with the rich guy, but you really not, you don't much want to be around the dirty guy. That's called partiality. All right, watch what he says about this. And listen, you can apply this to anything. Educated, not educated, pretty, not pretty, whatever your definition of not pretty is. Um, skin color, economics, you know, like people from New Jersey and then those of us from the real United States. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. You, you understand what he's saying here? If you distinguish between people for any reason, 
any reason. He said, Brother Brown, it's not that bad. Everybody does it. Read verse 4. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with, what's the word? Evil. What does the word evil mean? I mean, if you think evil ain't good. Evil thoughts. All right, why does it say, look at it. Why does it say we do that to people? Where does it come from? Inside your head. Because you think the way you think, you treat people the way you treat people. These are evil thoughts, and we end up treating people a certain way. You know, we, we, we want to be around these folks, then we see these people want to get away from them. You've become evil in your thinking. Partiality is evil in its thinking. The Bible teaches you and I. And uh, let's look real quick, verse 6. Have you not dishonored the poor man? I look at the word dishonored. What word do you see right in the middle of it? What's the root of the word dishonored? Honor. You know what he's saying? Why do you not show honor and respect and get excited about poor people, dirty people, people not like you, maybe people in sin like you do the uppity people? Honor's the word. And why do you do that? Why do we treat people like that? All right, I'm going to show you something pretty wild. But let me back up to verse 5. Let's put it in there. Listen, my beloved brethren, God has chosen the poor. You know what that means? Let me make an announcement. You know, we got a rank and order. You got these people are important, great singers, you know, VIPs or, you know, maybe politi- well, no, politicians are down here now. Uh, you know, but we like we rich people. We put rich people up there. You know, guess who is at the absolute top of the food chain? This shouldn't be hard. The Almighty is at the top. I mean, you, you don't get no higher than God Almighty. Am I with you? Not even Tom Brady. He's above Tom Brady. And then Gizzle or whatever name it is. I mean, he, he is up there. Can, we get an, can I get an amen that God Almighty is at the very top? I, I, thank you, thank you. We're getting there. I look what he said. Why do you look down your nose at these people? The absolute Almighty chooses these people. The, was Jesus Christ God Almighty on the earth? Of all the people he could have chosen to be friends, who did he choose? Somebody said knuckleheads. You ain't going to get no better than that. <laughs> Uneducated, ignorant, redneck, hot-tempered. And he had, a, he had certain women he chose to walk with him too. One of them was Mary Magdalene. Let me ask you a question. What kind of chick do you think she was like? <laughs> After, he cast seven demons out of her. What do you think Mary was like with them seven demons bouncing around in there? Even after he cast them out, you're still so screwed up mentally and emotionally. It takes a long time to straighten that out. Jesus ran with the low crowd. The one at the very top chose the low. That's why I think he says it looks funny when people under him want to go up instead of going down like he did. All right, you understand what he's saying here. All right, let's look at something here. I'm fixing to bust the church, folks. Verse 9. If you show partiality, you look down your nose at people, you commit sin. Now, I heard somebody say it. I I heard it. It was right back over here. Somebody said, yeah, but it ain't as bad as some sins. (laughs) Didn't you say that? Who said that? You know what I just said right there? That's the way church people think. So what? Certain people I don't want to be around. I just don't like them, but it ain't as bad as some people are. Watch what the Bible says. Verse 10, whoever shall keep the whole law, yet stumble in one point, you're guilty of all. He who said one said the other. I've known church people all my life. They wouldn't net that whiskey has never touched these lips. 
If you accuse them of running around with their neighbor's husband, they'd slap you. They'd be so offended that you'd think I'd do that. Yeah, they'll look down their nose at you in a heartbeat. What does the Bible say right here? What makes one worse than the other? All right. Uh, we're sort of in trouble in our land with this. This is called, this is fallen human nature. It infects every person. Let me tell you where it came from. It came from hell. It's the work of Satan to do what? What happens when people start ranking people? What happens? Who's division. Do we have any racial problems in this nation right now? Guess where it came from? People looking down their nose at people thinking because your color, you're not as good as I am. And now our nation's infected with it. We look down at people that are opposite from us on the political spectrum. Don't have the money we do. Don't drive the cars we do. Don't have the jobs we do. Don't. We are terribly divided over this one sin, which is I'm better than you are. And looking down our nose at people. I would say it's the greatest division linchpin in the nation right now. All right. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. A lot of sins that you don't find in churches. This is the big one. This is the big, this is the acceptable sin among Christians is to divide amongst people. All right. Do you know what a religious spirit is? Anybody ever heard of a religious spirit? You say, hey man, that's good. No, no, the religious spirits are bad. They're demon spirits pretending to be Christians. They're demon spirits that get into Christians' lives and work through them. And they're very hard to detect. They look so good. They go to church every Sunday. They keep the Ten Commandments. They're hard to detect. A demon spirit pretending to be a Christian is hard to detect. Let me show you how you find one. Turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Now, it's easy to pick them out in the New Testament. They're called Pharisees. Of course, we know the Pharisees died. All them Pharisees are dead now, but let me tell you something. The spirit of those Pharisees is alive and well today. We just don't call them that anymore. All right, here's how you spot a Pharisee or a demon, excuse me, religious spirit, which is a demonic spirit. This is one of the funniest passages in the Bible to me. I, I want you to just watch this happen right here. Jesus is talking to people that have a problem with something. Here's their problem. All right, Matthew, excuse me, Luke 18, verse 9. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Who's he talking to? If I'm, if I think I'm great and I look down my, and I think despise you, who's he telling this parable to? People who thought they were better than other people. Or what does it mean to despise somebody? You look down your nose at them. You know, white trash, brown trash, Scots plaid trash, whatever kind of trash you are. He's talking to people who look down their noses at people. Look at what he said. Verse 10, two men went to church to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. I don't mean anything to you. All right, one is a minister the other is a known, I mean, a Pharisee is the lowest of low sinners. They had their own title for sinners. I mean, Pharisee, thank you, tax collector. All right, they'll say like we have a prayer chapel at our church and you look out and two men, your pastor and a uh, local hood that sells dope to children are going in there. What do you think? <laughs> Boom. All right, watch what happens. These two guys go in to pray, a pastor and a crook. They go in the church, they're going to pray. All right, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. How's that for a prayer to pray right there? <laughs> what did he just tell the living God? You know what he said? Father, I want to praise you that I'm better than other people. Is that not what he said? And 
Watch this. He even names them so God will make sure he knows what he's talking about. Watch this. Verse 11. The minister stood and prayed, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men. Extortioners. You know, those are bad bankers. Unjust. Y'all know what adulterers are, don't you? Adulterers. That's how we say it. Or even this crook. So just to make sure that God got it, he starts naming the bad people he's not like. This guy's a hoot, isn't he? This is the spirit of a Pharisee. This is a religious spirit that gets in Christian people's lives and looks down their nose and says, I'm better than they are. And if that ain't enough, he goes on to remind God, verse 12, I fast twice a week, I give money. So he's going to remind God how good he is. Let me encourage you. There's a lot of prayers in the Bible you need to learn how to pray. This ain't one of them. All right, shift gears, verse 13. The tax collector standing afar off wouldn't even look up, wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven. He beat on his chest saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Listen to what Jesus said. I will not hear the prayer of a man who thinks he's better than other people. You can read the next verse. Jesus said, I didn't listen. I'm not going to hear that prayer. But I heard the prayer of the man who thought he was below others. Who didn't think much of himself. Let's learn something right here. We get this spirit on us that says, at least I'm not like them. You might have just closed heaven's window over your life. Because I didn't know he took this stuff this serious. This is the stuff that's killing people. This cuts the heart out of people when you look down your nose at them. Or you imply that they're not at your level or, or whatever. This is killing people. And uh, this is the great sin of Christians. We do this in churches all the time. This is standard fare for church. Churches that would never allow beer on the property. Minute, a preacher asked me not and go, what, what can I do to get people in my church? I've done everything. I said, it's easy. Put beer in the lobbies and topless dancers on the stage. You'll be full in no time. <laughs> He'd probably do it to get a crowd in. I mean, if that's what you want. We'd now, we wouldn't do that, would we? I guarantee your preacher ain't going to preach topless. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Too cold. But um, <laughs> this is the sin of the church, dear ones first church I ever went to. I didn't know. I never went to school. All I did was read the Bible. It wasn't my fault. I just went there and did what the Bible said. I didn't know you were just supposed to go to church on Sunday and lay around rest week and watch TV. I started doing what Jesus said. I'd go out in the community and find people. We, we, started, we got involved with the uh, uh, grocery thing, started sending groceries. I started bringing folks. I got involved with the troubled teenagers in our little town there. I started bringing them to church, you know, struggling kids, kids were in trouble, black kids, anybody. And I just loved them, had a big time. And well, it wasn't long before the powers that be decided they needed to have a meeting with me. You know what the powers that be are in a church, don't you? Yes, sir. They came to see me and said, we, here, these are really not our kind of people. I mean, not your kind of people. And uh, they finally, one of them finally said in frustration, well, I can see you don't see it our way. And I said, well, I didn't write the Bible. And one of them said this, Fine. If they got to come, can they at least sit in the back? I said, I said, I got a better idea. Why don't you go sit at the Methodist church? We'd all be better off. <laughs> Everywhere I've been, this is the thing we've struggled with. Second church I went to, man, I just love people. These were fine, fine country people. Fine, fine people. Sound like Andy Griffin. No, fine people. Bless God. Right up the road from the church was... I don't know. Can I just say it? There's some girls up there, and they, they were just what everybody called white trash. Just living in houses with jump dumps with no electricity and three or four babies apiece, no men. And I just fell in love with them girls. 
and uh, shoot, rounded him up, brought him all to church trying to help him. That went over. <laughs> I started like to say something in the punch bowl. It went worse than that. <laughs> the powers that be came to me and said, now, now we admire what you're trying to do, but I'm telling you, you can't help them kind of people and they're really not our kind of people. Every place I've been. And you know what I always wondered in a lot of churches? I'd say to God, why don't you come to church? I told my wife, she said, you're not going to church? I said, if he don't have to go, I don't have to go. <laughs> I never could understand why God wouldn't visit the churches. I found out why. Matthew chapter 25, we won't look at it. But Jesus said, let me teach you something. And here's the thrust of it, the gist of it. I, I don't know why people don't know this. I'm going to deal with you the way you deal with people. I'm going to treat you the way you treat people. And this is that great passage where Jesus said, at the end of the age, every person's going to stand in front of me. Let me make an announcement. They're going to be a test. You're going to stand in front of Jesus one day. And uh, don't be nervous. It's an open book test. I can tell you exactly what he's going to ask you so you can pass the test. And he said, there's going to be a test. You're going to stand, every person's going to stand in front of me. At the end of the age, I will gather them together. And uh, here's what he's going to say to people. There's going to be two groups of people. He's going to say to one group, I was hungry. You fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was sick. You showed up. Listen to this one. I was a stranger. You reached out and took me in. And the Bible said they're going to be shocked and say, we don't ever, we're glad we're in, thank you, but we don't remember doing that to you. Does anybody remember what he said to them? As you did it to the, whoa, whoa, whoa. As you did it to the most important of these, as you did it to the lowest. You did it to me. And there'll be another group, and he's going to say to them, depart from me. I was hungry. You didn't care. I was thirsty. You didn't bring me anything. He's going to say this to them. I was a stranger. You wouldn't let me in your circle. And they're going to say, excuse me, sir, time out. We never did that. He's going to say, yes, you did. However you treated the lowest in your circle is how you treated me. I want you to notice something in that passage right there, contrary to what's been taught in our churches. He didn't say one thing about them drinking or cussing or listening to rock music. He said, it's the way you treat people. Every single thing he talked about is the way you treat people. But don't you listen to what he said. As you did it to the who? I was a stranger. You took me in. He said, Jesus is not a stranger. Well, knock the R off. A lot of, I've had people say, what's wrong? He said, well, Brother Brown, they're just strange. You don't think Jesus is strange? Man spits in somebody's eye to make them well, and you don't think that's strange? Why is it that we don't want certain people in our circles or in our churches or in our little lives? Well, you know, Brother Brown, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. All right. Jesus didn't so love the uppity circle. Jesus so loved the world. Uh, what if, I'm not even going to say it. Number two, let me ask you a question. Where do you stand in the pecking order? You personally. Are you, you way at the top? You one of them real important people? Are you, you way at the bottom? You white trash? I, I like the term white trash. I was called white trash when I was young. White trash, brown trash, orange trash, whatever kind of trash you got. 
Are you in the middle? Are you about two-thirds of the way up? That's a good response. I wouldn't put myself at the top, brother, but I'm about two-thirds. Where are you at? <laughs> I let me ask you a question. According to who? According to who? Your peers? You're going to let the people around you tell you where you are or who you are? Let me tell you, let me tell you, you ought to pray for all the time. Pray for kids in school. Elementary is not as bad. Middle school and high school. They cut the heart out of kids when they go to school because they say, you are not in our crowd. The, you know, the, it's not drugs. It's not murder. This is what kills people when you say to them with a look or with a rejection, you below me. Well, the craziest thing, I don't understand this. I'm in college and it's before I met this, my wife that I'm married to now. She wasn't even there yet. And uh, we're just, you know how college is. You're doing your thing, dating around, meeting people. Got your little circles. Uh, there used to be a song, I'm in with the in crowd. You may remember that. Okay, that's old people do. <laughs> I'm in with the in crowd. I go where the in crowd. Everybody wants to be in the in crowd, don't we? Yeah. All right. And I met this girl, started hanging around with her, went out a couple of times, and she's a great gal. A few days later, I'm sitting in the cafeteria, and a girl that was in my circle, we were just friends, came and sat down with me. She said, I heard you were going out with so-and-so. And I said, yeah. And she said to me, you can do better than that. Really? You can do better than that. And I thought, wonder what she means you can do better than that. I liked her. Great Christian girl. Moral. Loved people. Treated people good. Loved her mom and daddy. Good student. What's better than that? I, I don't understand. This thing has infected people without them knowing. And by the way, this was a Christian college. All the FBI couldn't have found Jesus with a search warrant around there. All right. <laughs> Do not let your peers rank you. How about your parents? You'd be surprised how many people are wounded for life because of the way their parents rank them. My daddy didn't even want me. Where you work at, how they treat you where you work. I'm fixing to help you listen to me. Nobody on this planet has any business telling you what your ranking is except the one who created you. You, you got to get this right, dear ones. There's some things we can miss. You can't miss this. Your value, your importance has got to fall on one thing on this planet. What does your creator say about you? I said, Brother Brown, if, he, if you knew me, no, if you knew him. You listen to me. You determine the value of something by what you pay for it. Right? I'm in a store one time. I call it a junk store, but I was in there. And there's this jug sitting on the floor. I jerked it up, picked it up. I said, how much does jug cost? That lady told me real quick, that's a vase. <laughs> like a jug to me. She says, well, I knew this. When it goes from a jug to a vase, the price goes up. <laughs> she told me that vase, $2,000. Ask me if I ease that sucker back down on the floor real quick. <laughs> And I, th I just smiled. I said, thank you. What I'm thinking is, what fool? <laughs> but apparently there's one somewhere. <laughs> you understand that what somebody will pay for something can take that which is looks not like much or very common and make it very valuable. The creator of this universe murdered his son so you could be his child. Wow. Your value is only tied in what was paid for you. I want you to listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You, you, not the good people, you 
are bought with a price. And he was willing to pay it. You know, you don't pay that kind of stuff for somebody unless you think they're real important. I wouldn't do it. You don't pay that for somebody unless you really want them to be with you. Your value comes from your creator. Nowhere else. Listen, dear ones, I love you. Don't fall into this trap that our nation's in. That if I dress a certain way, I'm somebody. If I have a certain job, I'm somebody. I hear this all the time. Listen, you are somebody by creation, not what you do. We've got to get off this rat mill, rat race mess. We've got to get out of this junk. Jesus reveals the Father in that regard. Let me make an announcement. At the cross, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. You know what that means? No big shots, no little shots, no important people above anybody else, nobody under. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, even in churches, I've had a time or two people ask me here, said, aren't they one of the prominent families in the church? And I just go, what? Let me make an announcement. There are no prominent families in this church. The preacher ain't even prominent here. I promise you. The person visiting for the first time today is at the same level of the oldest member in this church and the preacher. You know what that's called? That's called the family of God. It's called the family of God. It's called the kingdom, thy kingdom come. When nobody's rejected and nobody's looked down at and nobody's devalued, the kingdom has come. This is what the Spirit of God does. He, he takes folks and He levels it out. We got, see what I mean? The book of James is practical daily living. This is how you walk it out day by day where you work. Uh, let me test you. Where you work, do you act different when the big boss man comes around than you do when the janitor walks by? Truth of the matter, I'd probably rather go out and eat lunch with the janitor. I got in trouble for saying this one time, so I'm going to say it again. Matter of fact, I said it. We had a family got angry with me and left the church because I said it. And I, I was just talking about how we look down our noses at people that are not like us and people, even people in sin. And I just said, you know, the truth of the matter is, I got some gay friends I'd rather eat lunch with than I would most Baptist preachers. Oh, that went over good. That next week, that man got so angry, he said, you'll never see us again. I wanted to... <laughs> I have never understood why we look at people and it's why they're screwed up. They are screwed up. Last time I read, all had sinned and come short of the glorious level we were created for. I, I just like being around sinners. Fixing to get killed here. I just don't understand this huddle up amongst the good people and don't get that dirty stuff on you from them people. They ain't gonna, I want to get what I got on them. Let me make an announcement. You ain't going to set no records fishing in your bathtub. You got to go where they are. I'm in Okeechobee, Florida a couple weeks ago, down there fishing for a week, just having the best time. And Okeechobee's cowboy country, and every joint there's cowboy. So I go to this place to eat at night, and the girl said, we're a little backed up, it'll be a little bit. She said, just go sit in the bar. She had no idea. 
I said, fine, you come get me over there? She said, yes, I want to sit down at the bar. I'm sitting at this bar and uh, didn't, I had my ministerial outfit on. That's a Harley Davidson t-shirt. And, I'm, and it, was a, it was a jukey, janky cowboy bar, had the bar and then pool tables and just my kind of people. You know what I mean by my kind of people? It probably wouldn't be your kind, but it is my kind of people. And I'm sitting there and uh, well, I ain't going to tell you everything that's going on, but anyway, <laughs> I'm in enough trouble as it is. And this girl, and I start talking to her. She, a little, she was rough. You know what I mean by rough? Yeah. See, there I go ranking people again. <laughs> I just loved her. And I got to talking to her and got to talking to her. I said, I said, do you know Jesus? She said, let me tell you what's happening to me. Do you think God's in this? We had the best time. I said, well, let's pray. She said, where? I said, right here at the altar. Turn a bar into the altar real quick. And I just, all of a sudden, I'm talking to this girl, and all of a sudden, I just froze. I froze. And I'm standing over there looking, and I thought, I sure am glad my friend Jerry Falwell ain't stable alive to sit. What if he saw me here? Where'd that come from? Janky cowboy bar, Coors Light sitting up there, me with this wild woman, Harley Davidson t shirt. You'd be surprised that the friends in my circle never speak to me again if they saw that. That's Luke chapter 15 where Jesus got caught at Hooters. <laughs> Read it. Dennis, we got to get off this stuff. I'm better than other people. Yes. We got to... I just... I love screwed up people. I've never met a person I couldn't see good in. Somewhere. Yeah, let me make an announcement. You don't have to be perfect and hang around me. We'll get there someday. I just love messed up people. You just see something in them. All right, we, I got to wrap up here. Now, <clears throat> last of all, we got to start seeing people through God's eyes. That's the whole deal. We got to start seeing people through God's eyes. Every, every human being, I, I mean the, you, you just, the lowest, whatever you call low, you got to see the value in them. You got to see they're redeemable. In other words, you've got to see what God sees. We've got to look at people through the eyes of God. Man looks on the outward appearance. First Samuel 16. Man looks on the outward appearance. What you wear, color of your skin, your degrees, hair. Do you know that in some churches, if a boy's got long hair, they look down their nose at you? I start the other service this morning. I'm walking in. I come around the edge, right? Walks out, and there a couple. The man's usher and got his wife. And I don't know if it was a son or a grandson or whatever. It was this fellow I'd never seen him before. And he had long, boy had long hair way down past here. And I could tell he wasn't used to being in church much. I remember said, "Hey, good to see." You. I said, "I love your hair." He just looked at me. I said, "When I was young, mine looked like that, except it's longer." I said, "Enjoy it, because you're gonna get like me one day." You won't never see long hair again. If you do, if, you, if I grew it out home, like I'd look homeless if I grew it out now. <laughs> you know why people don't come in our churches? They're scared of the way we're going to look at them. All right. Well, look at people through the eyes of God. As, as, and listen to me. Desired. Desired. God longs for people to be near Him. All right. Let me teach you something. I think this will help you. Why do people look down their noses at other people? You say, Brother Brown, they shouldn't do it. That's not what I ask you. Why do we do it? You'd be surprised why we do this. This will help you. Why do we rank people? I don't want you to listen to a question that says, this is Romans 14, 10. Listen to this. 
Why do you look at your brother with contempt? In other words, why do you look down your nose at people? Let me show you the answer. Turn with me to Matthew 22. Let's see why we would do that to people. Well, again, whether it's, you know, racial, economic, they're dirty sinners or, I don't know, clean sinners. I don't know how you rank that stuff. You'd be surprised at the Christians that are funny about this stuff. Can I tell you one more weird story? I'm going to anyway. I, uh, you know, I was, I was a heathen. Matter of fact, I was a criminal. I was rough when I was a young man. And I got saved by accident. Jesus found me and tackled me and just, I was just transformed. All right, I started going to church. They took me to church. It was a local church there. And uh, the people, it's a smaller church, maybe three, 400 people. And the people there were so proud of me. Just so proud that this young man's gotten saved, got his life straightened out. And they were just so proud of me. And there was a, a family in that church, his man, a man, his family. And he was, uh, how can I tell the story without giving it away? All right. He was the general manager of the largest TV station in North Carolina, Uppity. And uh, him, him and his wife, they were very serious about themselves. And they were so proud of this young man getting his life straightened out. They, were, they told me, we're so proud of you, son. Everybody's so nice to me there. And uh, this fellow that was this general manager, he had a good-looking daughter. Well, me hanging around the church for a long, I got to talking to her. And we got to hang around. We went out a time or two. But boy, all of a sudden, these folks that were so thankful to have me in the church and loving Jesus, they was not a bit thrilled about me hanging around their house. That was a whole different deal right there. So, Brother Vine, you hadn't been saved long. How long do you have to be saved before folks smile at you? And you know what I found out? That was my first hard lesson in the church about this stuff. We are so thankful you found Jesus, but our daughter ain't about to lower herself down to be around somebody like you. Because, you know, I was from a poor neighborhood. They were from a very wealthy neighborhood. And I was down there at that level. She was up here at this level. And they bent hell in half to get me away from her. <laughs> well, it didn't bother me none. There's 155 million women in the nation at the time. I'll just go find another one. But they wasn't about to have their daughter around something like that. And you see that thing he drives? Shoot, that thing would fly. <laughs> All right. Let's learn. Why do we do this to people? The answer is in Matthew 22. Let's look in verse 36. Matthew 22:36. I'm going to help you right here. Matthew 22:36. a man asked Jesus, what is the great commandment in the law? You know what he just asked right there? What is the most important thing I do? And he answered him, verse 37, Jesus said, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. This is the first, most important commandment. The second's like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. Now, no one's listening to what he said. On these two commandments hang everything I say. In other words, you want to know everything Jesus said? You just heard it. You want to know the whole truth? There it is. You love God and you love people. But I want you to notice something in there. Why is it that I would, uh, if, if I look at you and I think you're a loser, why is that? What does it say? Because when I look at me, I see a loser. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself, or you will look down your nose at your neighbor because you look down your nose at yourself. Can you not see in Scripture that the way you view people is a direct reflection of the way you view yourself? You say, well, Brother Brown, the second thing is to love people. No, it's not. Read it again. The first thing you do is love God because He's loved you. What's the second thing you have to start doing? Love yourself. Love yourself. You will never honor people till you honor yourself. If you're critical of other people, guess what I know from Scripture? 
you beating yourself up on the inside. We treat other people like we see ourselves. If you look down your nose at people, somehow, some way, you're looking down your nose at yourself on the inside. It was, the way we treat people is a reflection of how we've experienced the love of God for ourselves. And people that have experienced the love of God in their hearts, He has shown them how valuable they are to Him. They have tasted the love of God. Everybody on the planet is a champion to them after that. They treat everybody well. You, you don't have to try to treat people good, dear ones. What's the Bible say right here? Ask God to show you how much He loves you. Ask Him to touch you with His love. Ask God to show you how valuable you are to Him. It is so easy to give what you've been given. Let me make an announcement. Jesus said this, you can't give what you haven't been given. You can't give what you don't have. Freely you've received, freely give. All right, if you come up to me, you say, Brother Brown, I'm starving. Would you buy me lunch? And I said, I ain't got no money, Doc. Guess what? I can't give you no money for lunch. You just got to keep starving, Bubba. But if somebody walks up to me and says, here, I was thinking about you. Here's $1,000 in 20s. I just thought I'd give this to you. So I folded it up, put it in my pocket. And I'm thinking, life is good. We're going to be good tonight. And you come along and you say, Brother Brown, I'm about to starve. Could you, could you buy me some lunch? Here, give me $10. Here, take 20 You understand that? When somebody gives you something, so, then you've got something to give. The reason people don't honor other people, they've never experienced the love of God. They've never let the, the passion of God baptize their hearts. It is so easy. Once you walk with God, He touches your heart. You, have, you will adore people, no matter who they are. I mean, the lowest down there, whatever you call low is, they'll be precious in your sight. Because you is precious in His sight. Amen. All it is is just pass it on. You just experience the goodness of God. Uh, you know, when I was uh, in school, dinosaurs were still on the earth. Back when I was in school, I always noticed there's certain kids in the school, and boy, they, uh, I mean, their nose was so far in there, if it had rained, they'd have drowned. <laughs> they let you know, they knew they was at the top. Might have been cheerleaders, athletes, whatever. And then I, I noticed they looked down their nose at other people. And then I noticed other kids that were on the low end. And you could see it on their faces. You could see the hurt. But you know what I noticed in that school? I noticed a few kids that, for instance, our head cheerleader in our high school, she's one of the greatest girls. She treated everybody the same. And if people tried to puff her up, she'd walk right down off that ladder. I mean, she treated the lowest kid like they were special and didn't make a big she just treated everybody equal I found out, I found out what the reason was guess what Jesus lived inside of her and on occasion you find those people that just treat people like that uh, we're infected with this you ever tried to impress anybody that's a sign of a needy heart and let me tell you something. I don't care if you do impress them. Tomorrow it'll take more. There's only one cure for that wound in the human heart. It is the love of God. And you know what, you know what wonderful is? To want to be liked by people, but not need it. Because you're so baptized and accepted by the love of Jesus. And then it's just so easy to be nice to people. Whether they love you or give you the finger. Wonderful freedom. I got to quit by telling you a story. Oh, I already did that, didn't I? Well... I hate to tell you this, we're gonna do it again. <laughs> One of the coolest, see if you don't think this is, see if this isn't the truth you ever heard right here before. If you want to know about churches or families or businesses or schools, who do you go, where do you go find out? The preacher? The music? Look at the building? If you don't know about somebody, you go look at the car they drive? 
How do you know they didn't steal it? The clothes they wear? How many they didn't borrow them? No, no, that's not where you look. Where do you look? Let me tell you one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Boy, this is a great picture. Years ago, I don't know if you remember this or not, the 1970s, 7, 8, 9, 80 were the, they were very rough years in our land. If you weren't there, you don't, you don't understand. What we're going through right now is not much compared to that. Those were terrible days right then. Uh, gas wasn't expensive. You couldn't get it. There was just no, we didn't have gas, you know, after the uh, hostage crisis. And during those days, if gas did become available, you could only get it certain days of the week, depending on your license plate. If the last number on your plate was even, you could go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If it was odd, you went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And if you could find a gas station, there was a half mile line and you could only get five gallons. We were in horrible times right there. Katie and I got married in 1981. The best rate interest rate you get on a house, 17%. 1981. Take the cost of your house, put it at a 70% interest rate and see what you pay. These were horrible times in the nation. All right, the nation came out of that thing with a man named Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan wasn't just a president, it was a revolution in the nation. And he put in what's called Reaganomics. And it, it just was, that's why he's one of the most loved presidents ever. He brought us out of that terrible time where the uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries owned us for a while. And uh, Ronald Reagan's rise, he was a Hollywood actor. His rise to stardom and, and his uh, presidency really hinged on one guy putting him in there. It was one of the strangest things I'd ever seen. But there was an unknown preacher from Virginia that started a, group, a political group in the nation. And that group was probably responsible for putting him in the White House. The guy's name was Jerry Falwell. Anybody heard of Jerry Falwell? Well, you know, this was back when it was just cranking up. And this is a little, nobody ever heard of him. He came out of Virginia and he formed the moral majority. And that thing, I don't know that it saved the nation, but it pulled the nation out of the mess it was in. And this guy, Jerry Falwell, nobody ever heard of him. And uh, preachers were wondering about him and folks wondering about him. Well, in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, you have the largest preacher training school in the world. It's called Southwest Seminary. And one of the major teachers down there, big, big dog down there, his name's Wayne Gruden. And Wayne said, I'm hearing about this guy from Virginia and what's going on. He said, I'm wondering, what, is he a nut? Is he? Because, you know, he, he was the number one guy in the media. In the media, people were cursing him and loving him. And he, he said, he, you know what he said? He said, I'm, not gonna live, I'm just going to go up there and find out for myself. He said, I'm going to go find out about this church that's in the news every night. So he gets a flight to Lynchburg, Virginia, goes up there. Now, what, what do you think you do to find out what a church is like? Go listen to the preacher? Go listen to the music? Wayne said, I got in my hotel room. I had a bag I brought with me, and I took some old, old gardening clothes and tore them up, and I rubbed dirt all over them. And he said, I got in the dumpster behind a, a convenience store, and I found me an empty wine bottle. You know, probably ripple or... What's that other cheap wine? I knew somebody would know. <laughs> he said, I had an old, old empty wine bottle. And he said, I put a toboggan on my head. And I even dirtied my face up with dirt there in the parking lot. And I drove over to this church. He said, I got there at 6.30. It was Wednesday. The church started. So I got there at 6.30. He said, I parked my car. And I went up there and had a sidewalk leading right up in front of the church. He said, I walked up the sidewalk. And right before you get to steps, I just laid down in the grass and acted like I was passed out. Don't go to the website to find out what a church is like. Don't listen to the preacher. Go lay down and look like a drunk wino in front of the people. You'll find out what they're like. I thought to myself, what would the average church do to a drunk right there, right in front of the church? Wayne said, I just laid there to see what they'd do. And he said, 
all of a sudden I heard cars doors closing in the parking lot and I heard people walking. He said, them, them people came up to me. They loved me. They tried to take me out to eat. One offered to take me to Belks and buy me new clothes and pay for them. Two of them asked me if I would like to move in their home with them. He said, I've never been treated so good in my life. He said, those people love me and cared for me, praying for me right there. What can we do for you? Wayne said, it was all I could do to get away from them to go back to the hotel and get cleaned up so I could come back to church. I want you to listen to what this man said. Listen to what he said. Before I ever set foot in that church, I'd already made up my mind about that church. Never heard the preacher. Never heard the music. Didn't even see the inside, but I knew about that church. God lives in here. God's in this place. He's done something in these people's lives. You want to build a great home? Honor people. Treat people the way Jesus treats people. You want to build a great business? Quit fussing about your employees. Treat them the way Jesus treats people. You want them stupid kids of yours to act like they got some sense? <laughs> Quit crabbing and start treating them the way Jesus treats people. You don't need a great preacher to have a great church. You don't need a fancy building. You don't need disco lights and flashing lights. You need people who will treat people the way Jesus treats people. Everybody, every heart longs to be respected and valued and appreciated. It's all it takes. Um, can I tell you one more? Yeah. Yeah. Not relate anyway, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just a country preacher one time. I, as I said, I never went to seminary. I don't know much about theology and stuff. I know Jesus is Lord. That's all I need to know. Amen. I believe the Bible's true. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not that great a preacher. I'm not, I hate church management and all that stuff. We're not fancy. So I go to this little country church and I had the best time there. And I loved them folks. Loved them. We had the best time. All right, I left that church. And uh, went to another one. And uh, about a year and a half later, I went back for a funeral. And I was talking to a fellow. He was a deacon there, one of the leaders in the church, a deacon. And uh, told him, I said, I should do miss y'all. He said, can I tell you something? I said, yeah. I said, knowing you, you're going to anyway, but go ahead. And uh, he said, you know, you, the preacher that followed you said, he'd been here about a year. And he came to see me one day and he said, I'm so tired of hearing that man's name. I said, well, I hate that. I said, I'm tired of hearing it too. So quit calling. I said, I'm, t he said, I'm, he said, I'm so tired of hearing that man's name. He said, it's like I'm not even here. Everybody loves that man so much. What was it about that man that everybody loved him so much? I'm not tooting on on this one. And uh, I maybe know it's because I'm so polished. <laughs> it's not education. It's none of that stuff. And my digging buddy, he said, that man loved us. That man loved us. When Grandpa died, he didn't just come see me. He sat up with me all night long. He said, that man loved us. He loved everybody in this community. It didn't matter if you was Randy Travis, who lived right behind us on a horse farm, or you was white trash down the road. He treated everybody the same. He said, I've never been loved like I have. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to impress people. You have to care about people. You have to honor people. And let me make an announcement. Even a dog knows whether you like him or not. You can't hide it, Doc. My wife has a dog. It lives at our house. I come out the door the other day, out the back on the deck, and as soon as I walk out, the dog come flying around the side of the house, stopped and saw it was me. Turn around and walk right back around the edge of the house. 
Even a dog knows whether you care about them or not. Listen to me. People know. People know. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me. I want you to pray it from your heart. This would be, be, maybe you've never prayed this prayer before, but it'll be a life-changing prayer. Pray this prayer. And I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about later. Pray this prayer. God, show me what you think about me. That's it. Just pray that prayer. Say, tell me what you think about me. Show me what you think about me. And let him answer it. By the way, if you want him to answer it, pick up the phone. Or he'll just speak to your heart. Just let him show you what he thinks about you. And then let me tell you what's going to happen. A confidence and a joy and a love will come in you. And you will never have to be careful how you treat people again. You won't have to try. You experience the love of God, what he thinks about you. It'll just be automatic the way you treat people. The way you love people and care for them. Let's just go ahead and talk to him right now. Lord Jesus, I just love you and praise you. Why in the world? I hope I never understand why somebody like you would pick somebody like me. Dear Jesus, I remember being 13 years old and the star basketball player in our high school, 16 years old, picked me to be his best friend. I thought I was somebody. Here I am, 13, hanging around with the 16-year-olds. And the star, that long hair, wonderful. Well, I got sideways and But I'll never forget the day that the creator of the universe chose me to be his wife, his bride, his best friend forever. I I don't understand this kind of stuff, but I will never stop believing it. Well, Lord Jesus, I struggle with this stuff sometimes. I'll just admit it to you and in front of everybody. Your word says that the land is infected with it. We've burned our bridges because we rank people and we think people are lower than us. We're more important. We've burned our bridges. Father, the church in America has burned its bridge with the lost world by the way we've treated them. I just want to pray for all of us right now. Change our hearts. I want to be like you. Lord Jesus, you were just as excited about the town tramp as you were when you talked to the king. I want to be like that. I want us to all be like that. Thank you that only God can love like God. So move in and take over. Change our hearts like that. I trust you for that. Father, I do pray for every person. I want to pray every single person in here. Everybody listening. I pray they'll do that, what I said. That they'll ask you, show me what you think about me. Tell me what you think about me. I want them to hear it in their hearts. And know that all the education in the world cannot do anything like a heart experience with the love of God can. I trust you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.